0: Hello and welcome to episode 42 of Matt Hoss Talks to People He Likes. And this is the second live special episode. The first one we did at the Bradford Fringe with uh, Jed Salisbury and Ross Briley. And this is our second one at the Reading Fringe Festival, which was a lot of fun. Uh, we had two people who uh, were connected to Reading. We had uh, Izzy Lawrence and Jamie D'Souza. And we, again, are very similar to the previous episode we just did live. I didn't do it. A- Introduction last time, as I thought, it was quite self-explanatory. However, uh, at the start of this one, the audio was lost a little bit at the start. You don't miss anything whatsoever because it's just a lot of admin at the top. But we do go quite sharply into it. So, yeah. Without further ado, uh, I hope you enjoy the episode. Please give us a five-star rating online on Apple and check out my other podcast as well. I do a podcast called Castable where I get famous people to pitch their dream music festival. It's a lot of fun. I hope you enjoy this very cool episode with brilliant people see you soon mad heart sucks with people he likes mad heart sucks the people he likes mad heart And hear what people say And I'll bring you great content We're welcoming you Cracking in because we've got two amazing guests We have Jamie D'Souza on first And then Izzy Lawrence And uh, uh, yeah, we're going to have a lot of fun with them both um, So without further ado, let's welcome on my first guest He is um, a friend of mine But also uh, a, a, an enemy in Scrabble <laughs> uh, We'll talk more about this, this rivalry very soon Please welcome my first uh, my guest It's Mr. Jamie D'Souza Hello
1: Hi. Hi Matt, how are you doing?
0: Uh, I, I'm good, good, thanks. I was quite uh, you. Were, you were quite low there. You're like, oh, I'm fine, thanks. And because uh, yeah, I, I, I did a big intro for you, you know what I mean, I think we should go bigger, well. I'm trying up again? your expectation. Of- <laughs> <laughs> well, no. well, you know what? Like you, you, you know. Um, uh, I know you work very well. You, uh, I know you as a person, and uh, you know you do. You hit that ex- expectation every time. You are a cracking lad. Uh, but you. we got. <laughs> Let's not get the sure. brass tacks here, Jamie. Um, uh, can you tell people about our feud in Scrabble? Because uh, this is this is some serious thing. We're, we're not we're not. This is this is supposed to be a light interview podcast, but no, we're going to get into the the deep end very fast. There, uh, it's going to be a lot of bitterness. It's like a Jeremy Carl show but live. Okay.
1: Yeah. Well, so uh, every year at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. I say every year, it's happened twice now.
0: But, um, <laughs> yeah, it's a, tr- a long-standing tradition.
1: Here. Yeah, yeah. It was meant to be having a, you know, it would have been the third time in a couple of weeks, but um, unfortunately not. But we were playing a game of Scrabble, um, and I made the word wintered, and it was a seven-letter word. I think I might have even hit a triple-letter
0: a triple well, word score. There's a was, lot of points. It was Jamie's first uh, word as well. The first, first one on the but, board, I would say, I think. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and I didn't know this until I played with Jamie, that if you put all your letters down, that's a 50-point bonus as well. And you put it down a word which isn't a word. wintered is not a word. So.
1: <laughs> Winted, oh, this is where we disagree. Because I think wintered, we didn't actually have one of those official dictionaries on us. So we've no. never actually confirmed it. And I think if we Googled it, it would ruin the mystery and the magic it would, of the time.
0: It would ruin the mystery. But I want, people to want-, leave, I want you to leave comments today. Because if you think wintered is a word and acceptable in Scrabble, Lee, uh, say yes, I'm with Jamie. If you don't think it's a word, yeah. like correct people like me, say no, I'm with Matt. Okay, because uh, it's going to be like a fifty-two forty-eight split. It's going to be very yeah. tense today as well. It's going well, to. I something.
1: mean, what if it was one hundred percent? Winter is not a ro- word. Do I get stripped of my title?
0: Well, uh, I don't want to ruin the surprise, but I did. Uh, I did win last year, so I spent literally spent a year getting really good at Scrabble to beat <laughs> you in that year. <laughs> yeah, and
1: Matt's very fortunate that he's going to have the title for another year by default. <laughs> yes.
0: Losing- uh, well, if if uh, if this beef slash feud carries on, we can do like, a live match between the two of us. It's gonna be very interesting. Oh, yeah.
1: uh, although oh, the peril of losing live <laughs> to
0: you again. Yeah. Was, well, was you know great. what? I I think I would go mad on the power because I, I play with my girlfriend quite a lot and uh, play Scrabble with her, and it's like like genuinely it's been this time where we both screamed at each other to been like uh you gotta let me win uh so yeah so it's very very romantic relationship so
1: uh, i'm currently playing my girlfriend's mum on <laughs> Scrabble, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and i don't know whether yeah to go easy on her not that i'm the best at scrabble she could very well just beat me anyway but i don't know
0: yeah okay like, how do you okay this is a very interesting diplomatic approach and was, if,
1: if a rude word comes up even if it's worth loads of points, I'm not putting that down because I'm uh, such. A child.
0: Yeah. <laughs> no, I think I would go deep in, like, uh, yeah. like uh, and also she, uh, it'd be quite funny. if She like left like clues, like uh, marriage, yeah, <laughs> <what>? <laughs> wedlock, uh, <laughs> <somewhere>. <laughs> <house>. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But uh, also, like, uh, Scrabble kind of runs into your family. We're not going to talk exclusively about Scrabble. <laughs> when I'm talking about you, but like, uh, uh, your parents met at a Scrabble meeting, right?
1: They did university and, of surrey scrabble society
0: yeah Very uh and cool. <laughs> pretty, pretty romantic
1: where did yours meet matt Was it somewhere
0: cooler than that uh um i i live in the northeast and i think uh probably uh I, I actually i don't know probably in a hotel getting drunk uh cause, oh,
1: that's better yeah. than a scrabble club to be fair
0: i'm not sure i think maybe <laughs> we should swap parents as well yeah. uh, but um yeah well uh Let's, uh, since this is the Reading Fringe Festival, um, uh, uh, how, what's your favorite thing about Reading as well? Oh, I'm out to, uh, my favorite, have you ever been to Bakery House in Reading? Uh, I actually haven't. I've only been to Reading a couple of times in all fairness, um, but uh, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm still loving the Fringe Fest. Um, yeah, so,
1: so, house, I think it's Lebanese, it's like, medis- I don't know, it's like falafel and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. They do loads of vegan options, as I know you're a keen vegan, Matt. Keen but um, yeah, there are many, some good pubs in Reading as well.
0: What is your nice. top pub?
1: Well, it's a bit expensive, but I'm, I'm a fan of the Oakford. But um, yeah. my local, yeah. you, oh, sorry, go on. You go on, sorry. Well, I was also a big fan of the Hook and Tackle, which is now a Nepalese restaurant, which is a big, big change from pub to Nepalese restaurant. But in both yeah, incarnations, it was pretty good.
0: Um, But uh, obviously, we're talking in lockdown at the moment and uh, talking about pubs. uh, And we kind of alluded to the fact that The Fringe isn't happening this year. And we would have been uh, uh, Edinburgh flatmates as well. But like, what? so what things have you been missing in lockdown as well? What's the things that you uh, are looking forward to most coming back? And what are the things that you're a little bit uh, like? uh, What things have you missed in that time as well? Um,
1: Well, yeah, I mean, the obvious one that probably most comedians would say is missing gigging. Yeah. I mean, at first it was nice to have a bit of time off because, like, I don't know, if you gig like three or four times a week, it does get a bit exhausting. Um, But yeah, it'd be good to get back gigging soon. I've been missing that. And also just like going to music gigs and stuff like that was something I used to do a lot. Yeah. um, Which is also
0: stopped, which is a shame. Yeah. Um, Like, so with that, because I, I'm not sure if you do this. Oh, I, anyone else watching this does this? But like, uh, do you ever like look at your diary in a week and go, "Oh, I would have been seeing this band uh, on yeah. Tuesday." And like, uh, there's been a lot of those for me, and I've been super. Which bands have you missed?
1: Uh, I can't think of any that I've missed. But I, so there's one in January I'm meant to be seeing Dua Lipa yeah. live in concert at the O2. I'm not, which is not the normal sort of person I would see. Yeah. <laughs> second album's actually quite good, but I don't know if that will happen or not. <laughs>
0: No, uh, well, yeah, it's, well, because, uh, well, well, I was meant to see Dua Lipa in January, but I don't think it's gonna happen. <laughs> um, No, but, um, uh, yeah, a lot of, like, I, I, lo- I like really, like, kind of punk bands, and there's a band called AJJ, who was supposed to be playing uh, a couple of weeks ago, and um, unfortunately, that's not happening, but, you know, like, uh, it's, but I don't mind it, Yeah, you know I mean, it's, like, it's one of those things, but, like, you kind of have to adapt as well, but um, have you been doing any, like, lockdown gigs, or any live streaming, have you been, what's, like, since you've been missing stand-up, is there any ways you've been substituting it?
1: Yeah, I've been uh, I've done a couple of like Zoom gigs. I did one with you, actually.
0: Uh, Yes, Uh yeah, that's good. That vibe. was early lockdown. Like I genuinely, yeah. Jamie, Like that was such an early lockdown I forgot <laughs> it happened. If you know what I mean, like, like that's like Tiger King lockdown. That's like yeah. that's, that's like prehistoric <laughs> lockdown. Yeah, you know People I
1: mean? were still on house party at that point. Yeah, yeah,
0: <laughs> I mean, yeah. It was like a lifetime ago already. Absolutely. But, um,
1: no, I've been making little stupid music videos and just posting them on my Facebook and YouTube to just for something to do because nothing. Yeah. <laughs> I've got so much time on my hands. I would have
0: done that. Like, and yeah. are you one of these people that needs to kind of keep productive to kind of um to uh, to keep happy as well? Because I'm one of these people that if I'm not doing like at least five projects at the same time, I'll go like like I need something to drive me on.
1: Yeah, I'm probably a mix where it's like I need to have one thing happening at least there's like something fun in me making something. But I will also happily just play football manager for a couple of <laughs> hours one evening and not do anything <laughs> with my life. Do you know uh, what I mean?
0: Well that that sounds healthy because I I think I really fluctuate between like, oh I've got nothing on. I'm really bored and lonely and then it's like I've got so many things yeah. on. It's all stressful. Uh, do you know what I mean? Like yeah, I, I need like, it Yeah, I think you hit the nice sweet spot there.
1: Yeah. Well now that the football's back as well. Oh that's the other thing. The main thing I missed was probably football. Mm-hmm. And that's back now, but in a bit, of, it's a bit strange because obviously you can't go to the matches and stuff, which is a bit of a shame. Yeah, but
0: and which football club do you, do you support? I support Arsenal. Oh, yeah. It's not do I don't, uh, yeah, to be honest, you, uh, I, I don't know much about sports. So yeah, it not be, ooh, best I just sport. did that and I was just hoping for the best, Jamie. I was like, oh, Arsenal. I'm terrible,
1: I'm terrible for football because when I do gigs, if I do a bit of crowd work and I find out someone's from like a random, someone's from somewhere in Germany, if I know that there's a football club in that area, I'll just try and show off to them that I know about to Berlin and like all that <laughs> stuff. And even they're like, yeah, I'm not that interested. I'm more of a union union Berlin fan. And I'm like, hear these facts first. Yeah. And, like, yeah. and the rest of the audience don't care. But I just, you know.
0: Yeah. Like uh I am so the, boring. <laughs> no, 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 like uh that, to be honest, I think that's why maybe why we're friends because I'm very <laughs> yeah. much like a I'm a facts first, comedy after kind of a yes. guy. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And uh yeah, uh, oh my god, like I I can't wait till. Okay, um, have you ever d- like on that same? No, have you ever done a gig where you kind of you thought, hey, this is I've tried this out. It's a bit kooky. I'll give it a go, and you thought, yeah, this is gonna be a laugh, and then it just it just doesn't go like even close to the way you think oh, it's gonna go.
1: So many times, <laughs> unbelievable. Any, any examples? Yeah, there was once. There's so I was staying at Reading University for a bit in their halls, and um. Uh, just we rented it out for like a couple of days during the summer holidays and in it they had a i can't remember the name of the halls it might have been saint pat's mm. um but there was a a kitchen user guide in it and it had the most stupid thing because obviously it was telling freshers how to um use a toaster yeah was like, i grabbed a toaster and went, put toast here and stuff like that and it was like just like really stupid but i tried reading it out on stage And obviously that wasn't funny because I was just reading out like appliance instructions, but I read it at the time with my mates and we all had to
0: laugh. But well, yeah, and uh, (laughs) it's always. it's always very different when you make your friends laugh with something, as opposed to making a group of strangers yeah. laugh as well. And a lot of people when they start comedy as well, they obviously a lot of open mic acts they go and try this as well. Like, oh, I'm uh, usually quite blokey blokes, but like they go, oh, I'm really funny with well, my, my mic's down the pub, ooh, and they go and do their same thing. Like, oh, Ricky did a, oh, he drank a pint and he likes Arsenal. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean? Like, uh, I uh, like, and like, it doesn't get the same reaction, but um for yeah. me I did I did a gig my first gig of the year in fact this in 2020 and it was a kind of an indicator of how the rest of my uh my year would go in comedy as well because I I because for Christmas my mum was given a uh, a koala of a mitt so it had it was a very cute koala it's got like ears and stuff like that but if you open its mouth it looked like it has like a massive like teeth it looks like it was screaming if you know what I mean I was like oh well, that's quite funny so I bought I'd do like some like puppetry to start off because I was comparing I start off the gig with it but oh the, yeah. look at this weird gift I got from christmas and then uh literally like they couldn't care less so they weren't, <laughs> into, it. Oh. They weren't into it they weren't into it mate Are you but, trying but, like ventriloquism it was yeah it was more like uh, i mean, yeah. I mean it's quite manic uh yeah, yeah that's why it didn't go uh so that wasn't well. very
1: good van- you, your mouth moved quite a lot and it's got to be so
0: sorry <laughs> yeah, but, yeah sorry. that yeah. just so, so sounds like i've been uh abducted um uh, but um <laughs> But yeah, so, uh, so let's, um, so it's okay if I ask you some, uh, uh, some, uh, Matt Hoss branded questions. Yes, please. Okay. So what, uh, can you tell me about your first ever gig?
1: My when first, happened? yeah, my first ever gig was at a place called Comedy Virgins in Vauxhall in London.
0: A very famous gig in terms of, um, it's a bringer as well. So that means that, uh. Uh, lots of people in London bring a friend, so make an audience because otherwise it's just open mic acts in a very sad room. Uh, yeah,
1: which is great because it means you have a supportive audience. The only downside I find is that if it's your first gig, you don't know if you're going to be terrible or not. So you don't, you don't want a friend <laughs> to see you fail in that environment. But, yeah, absolutely. Um, but my friend also wanted to try stand up. So we kind of went along together, did my first gig there. Uh, it's a competition. I came second on the night. Did you? Oh my God. No, no, I couldn't believe it either. It was a trap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was like, oh, okay, I'm the second best comedian there is. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. There's more gigs than that. And I'm actually, my oh. second gig went terribly. <laughs> oh, well, well that's, that, I find that genuinely really interesting because it's either the, fir- either the first gig goes really well and the second gig is terrible or it's the other way around. And yeah. it was definitely the other way around. Like the amount, what I want to discuss here is that the amount of hubris and the ego that you have after that gig where you smashed it as well. I think my second ever gig was probably one of the best things I've done. And I think since that, I've been mean, trying to chase that like, yeah, magical absolutely. dragon, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. I mean, looking back at my first gig, I thought I was amazing because I came second. I was probably like terrible. Like, I'm so glad my friend was meant to film it. He forgot. And I was really annoyed at the time. But now I'm so glad because I can just leave it as a memory. It's something that's good mm-hmm. rather than me being like, oh, I get like one laugh.
0: <laughs> Let's see. There's, um if, uh, if there's any uh, Matt Hoss. Uh, super fans out <laughs> there, uh, you can go on YouTube because there's a video of me doing my fourth ever gig in a vegetarian cafe, and oh boy, it's bad. It's really, oh, it's it's. Uh, uh, people go, oh, watch that video of you uh, the other week. And I was like, which one did you watch? Because like, there's some you want them to watch, but they always find the bad ones. And uh, How I
1: find that? Sorry. Uh,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> YouTube.com. Uh, <laughs> to, <laughs> but yeah, but g- generally, it's like uh, I, I think if I were to watch it, I might like combust spontaneously do you know what I mean I think about like, yeah yeah and there's also on my iTunes as well there's like a folder of like voice memos and if I yeah I've recorded every gig and I don't know why one one archivist in the future is going to like have a whole time just going through it going he didn't learn from his mistakes <laughs> Nope. <laughs> that's, yeah.
1: really, that's a really good discipline to record them all I'm too hey. scared if I know a gig's like not going to be like good you know how something you can just tell it's going to be quite a tough gig Mm-hmm. I'm just like no, I can't record this because I'm not. I know I'm not gonna be able to bear listening back to it. But I need to, yeah, mm-hmm. over that, last suppose.
0: And okay, so in terms of uh, because obviously you've done really well. You um, you were uh, uh you in the finals for So you think it's funny, right? And uh, and also the musical comedy awards. So um, what was how uh, how was it those experiences for you? And how um, uh, what kind of uh, what did you learn from those experiences?
1: Uh, well, they're like nice gigs. I don't think like. The competitions made like necessarily the massive world of difference. Like it's nice to, I mean, I've also not won any of them, so I don't know. Probably make <laughs> if you win, but like second best medium, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, second place comedy versions. I don't know if that counts for anything. But I mean, I remember the so you think funny semi final was a bit because like you come to Edinburgh just for that gig and nothing else. It was a long way to go for one gig. Yeah, uh, and it was also I had some friends who were up at the fringe anyway. And yeah. they—that was the first time they sort of came to see me. So that semi-final was probably the best gig I've done because I went all the way up to Edinburgh and it wasn't yeah. in because I got through to the final, and my friends saw me, and it was a nice gig. And mm. it was probably like the biggest gig I've done at the time as well because it's quite like a, there's maybe like 200 people there or something, which is biggest I've done at that point. Absolutely. So yeah, that, that was yeah a really like positive experience overall, I think. So
0: okay, Um so, what is one of the most strangest heckles you've ever had?
1: Mm, that's a good I think, um, so once when I was doing musical stuff, I uh, started my song and someone was just like, you've not actually uh, plugged that in at all, have you? Your musical instrument. So I just started the song and they, they said it quite aggressively, but they actually meant it quite kindly. So you know someone, sometimes heckles you. you, just think yeah. interrupting. Yeah. I was like, you what? And I wasn't like that.
0: Because <laughs> so, yeah. like, like you're quite a lovely and that kind guy, and you uh, just ima- I'm not, I, I can't imagine <laughs> you going. You what, mate? You dickhead! What yeah. are you doing, mate? Yeah, I'll fight <laughs> you. Yeah, I'll plug it in myself into your eye socket. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So after I keyed him, I was like, so what? <laughs> and then, and he, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And he was just like, no, no, mate, it's, it's fine. It's just you haven't plugged your thing in. No one can hear what you're saying. And I was like. <laughs> yeah, oh. I did what you know what I did one gig this is not I don't know this is weird or this is even a heckle but we were doing a show in Edinburgh and about halfway through our show in Edinburgh someone just went what is happening <laughs> it, was, it was like the worst
0: gig I've ever done yeah
1: um, that wasn't really weird that was more just tragic
0: and, and like, have you ever have you ever gigged in Reading as well
1: yeah I've done loads of gigs in Reading done uh do you want me to plug some nights? Uh,
0: well, you, you can do what you want. Like, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's not it's going no to back.
1: There used to be a really good one. <laughs> this, is, all right, this is my level of plugging. There used to be one in a, a club called Public, which has since shut down
0: and become a brew dog.
1: Oh. And I'd really recommend that night. It's in the yeah. past, but... It was <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: So if you do own a time machine, instead of going to like, a culturally significant uh, event in the history, Go to a, a gig yeah, in yeah, the house. on a Tuesday, yeah, yeah. <laughs> on a Tuesday <laughs> night as well. Oh yeah, Tuesday night gigs were very strange because it had the era. You know, what I mean, it's kind of like it's like it's kind of like one of the off days in comedy as well because there's a yeah. different vibe for every night as well. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. But I think Reading's actually got quite a good mix now of nights because you've got the sort of like pro nights, like there's like just the tonic and stuff, which is like fun. <laughs> yes, yeah, got, yeah. I've only done that one, but that was that was nice. And then there's also like some other ones, like there's one called Stand and Deliver, which is really nice. Yes, yeah. Um, and Jonathan Elston runs a new material one on a Tuesday, I think, at a place called Milk, which is also really nice. So is, yeah, there's, there's quite a lot of nice nights now popping up, which is good to see.
0: Well, um, so um, let's move into some more silly questions, because we, ha- we have you for about <laughs> 10 more minutes. <laughs> uh, let, let's um, let's talk about... Right, I've got some... this is some of my quirky questions. Um, <laughs> Okay, which is your least favorite milkshake flavour?
1: You know what it is. I wouldn't have this anymore anyway. It is the fridgey
0: chocolate fudge brownie thing. Oh
1: it yes, it on Yeah, because uh, yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, can to, it? T- sorry, can you t- uh, talk me more through it as well? Because like I, I used to have fridge, and I to be honest, I forgot that it existed until you yeah. just mentioned it. And like because I spelled F R I G. A JJI or something like that. And it's yeah, like, know,
1: mean, how am I going to say this? I might be saying that wrong, but it was like so strong, <laughs> it was so thick. Yeah. And it was just like pure sugar. It just gave you a migraine. But obviously, like the time that I was drinking that, I was like 14. <laughs> so I'd just have two of them. So, like, yeah. You know, and a whole packet of biscuits.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh. Because remember, like, remember, like, I'm not sure if it's the same for you, but in the Northeast, when I was like, uh, in sixth form, like I was, uh, like the, there's always that kid that came in with like, a can of monster and they yeah. pack packing hobnobs. And it's just like, come on, mate, like uh, yeah. you're going to die early. Uh, yeah. Uh, that was me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 I can, I can see that. Yeah. Um, okay. So, um, this is a Corona special question. Uh, if you had to live with three other comedians during the lockdown for the entirety of the lockdown and they could be famous or not, dead or alive, okay. which three comedians would you choose to live with? Well, pick you. Get in! <laughs> yes, you don't have to say me, but if you do, I will invite you back in the future.
1: Yeah, no, no, happy to invite you. That we can play some Scrabble games and stuff. That'll be a, well, yeah, that might lead to arguments, so maybe Yeah.
0: There'll be a wintered situation.
1: Yeah, very wintery. <laughs> <laughs> Winter doesn't um, Maybe that's a tough question. I don't want to say someone in case they're like, "Why did he say me?"
0: Well, well, like, like, like it's, you know I mean? it, yeah, I mean, like, uh, uh, well, you know, like, I think it's uh, you. Could, I always would pick someone like quite big and quite uh, yeah. like uh, the, the, not fictional, but someone like who uh, the, the chances of meeting them would be quite nil. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, p- well, I do uh, you
1: know Actually, I've made up my mind. I pick Josie Long, who I love. This stuff. Never met her personally, but yeah. she's one of my favourite comedians. She just seems like she's really nice. Yeah. So, uh, she looks like she'd be a good flatmate as well, I would have mm-hmm. thought, because that's not too presumptuous to say. And also, probably Ramesh Ranganathan, because we've just got a lot in common. Both Absolutely. vegan, both Arsenal fans,
0: both. Oh, you know, really? Yeah. yeah. So I think. Uh, he loves Fridge as well. I've heard it i well, he yeah. I'm
1: not a fan of fridge anymore.
0: But, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but also, like, uh, did you know that the. You didn't, remember the old Mars milkshakes? So, um, this is. We'll yeah. move on from milkshakes. They've actually just turned vegan as well. So, in fact. Yeah, actually. Yeah, genuinely. Well, their like,
1: main. There's not like a vegan version. Their just main one is
0: vegan. Well, well, I'm not sure, but there's definitely a vegan version. An old oh, okay. so oh like that's
1: Yeah. When I started being vegan, it's like when a. Are we allowed to talk about veganism? Yeah, I, I
0: don't care. So. Okay.
1: Well, <laughs> at first, it was like when something unhealthy came out, you're like, oh, I've got to try it because I haven't had this in ages. But now there's like, so many unhealthy things
0: coming out. Yeah.
1: I'm like, oh, I've got to try it because I've still got that mindset. But actually, yeah. I'm just like eating a milkshake and a burger like every other day. So it's like, yeah,
0: because I'm like, especially in January, there's a Veganuary as well, which um, um yeah. there's a big push to kind of get people to try veganism in that month, and hopefully, it'll take it on for the rest of their time as well. And yeah. like a lot of products kind of hit at that time, so a lot is unveiled, and that month, especially you've just had christmas and like and my birthday is in that era as well birthday is christmas eve so that i've already had quite a hedonistic week but then it goes january 1st i'm like oh god i'm so full i'm so fat uh, and uh, you know i'm a bit like a fridge strong and thick that's all yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um yeah um but in yeah in terms of like uh uh veganism is it because I've struggled with like convenience in the past, but uh, in terms of being a vegan on the, on the road, because like there's not that much options yeah. and you have to uh, resort to like eating hummus from a W.H. Smith's. Mm-hmm. But like, uh, how have you found it as well, being vegan and a comedian at the same time?
1: I found it okay. I think like, I've, I'm like more than happy just to have like beans on toast or just like a slice of bread or something or like just, I don't know, like a cucumber or whatever, like to tide me over. The thing I have it's going to be hard. I think in the UK, it's generally not too bad. But I think, like, sometimes if you go abroad, it can be a bit trickier. Because there's, like, yeah. if there's a language barrier and they're not mm-hmm. as used to veganism, it can be
0: hard. And also, like, because we lived together in Edinburgh, as I mentioned earlier, but, like, because uh, um, I'm, I, I think I, I live uh, in the northeast in a place called Darlington as well. And I've lived there pretty much my whole life. I did live, live in Canterbury for a university. But I think I've kind of led a, quite a, uh, maybe a sheltered existence to a certain degree, and uh, and because I, I saw something really weird uh, in Edinburgh, because uh, you, I saw you in the kitchen eating a kiwi fruit, but not not peeling it, just eating it like an apple, and that blew my mind because I didn't know you could do that as well. Like, and I now found out it's a it's a, it's a pretty normal thing. But for me, has anyone else been like kind of like oh, like is anyone else eat a kiwi like, on the outside as well?
1: Well, I never. I never used to eat a kiwi fruit like that, but then my boss just told me he's like, "There's more vitamin C in the in the skin." So I was like,
0: "I'll take your word for it." Yeah, well, unless they're having you on though, do you know what I mean? It could be just like Well, that's the
1: thing, and he doesn't work there anymore, so I'm not going to be able to corroborate it. Yeah, but like, uh, he might have just been mugging me
0: off. Well, but, but the yeah. thing is, like, it's just imagine like eating a pineapple from the outside or a banana. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's like just. Uh, it was, sorry, uh, it's got quite uh, quite self <laughs> referential here. But um, here's a couple more questions and we'll go uh, flip you over. Um, not flip you over, mate, it sounds like we're going to turn you around. But uh, <laughs> okay, which is your favourite van? Van Morrison, Van Haling, Van Helsing, or a white van man?
1: Can I go for a rude van? This, oh no, can I go for Robin Van Percy?
0: Uh, you can do, but you can quite clearly tell I'm not a sports fan because <laughs> I, I, like, I don't know. Right, I'm, you've gone off-menu here and you've yeah, gone to... for... I also don't we... even
1: like him that much. <laughs> <laughs> I trying to think of something different.
0: Okay. Um, okay. What was it? Rude Van Nistelrooy?
1: No, well, he's... Uh, let's go for Robin Van, Persie, Van he...
0: Percy. Van uh... Persie. For Arsenal. Okay, good, good selection there. Yeah. and uh, <laughs> f- Fair enough. Um, okay. Uh, when you've been on stage, what is the most mundane thought you've ever had?
1: Uh, like probably 90% of them I actually said. <laughs> 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 I've got some reading packs for you, okay? Yeah, yeah, no, literally someone would have been wearing like a. You know, it's so mundane, I blocked it from my own memory. <laughs> I'm in up from St. Albans and I'll be like, did you know that they had more pubs per square mile, which is what someone told me once? And I just repeated that boring fact. I'll just say it again. <laughs> Local facts, that's what it is. Facts about towns, I'm normally all right at.
0: So they're never yeah. interesting. Oh well, uh, it's, it's never stopped me before. But um, yeah. <laughs> okay, and um, and uh, uh, yeah, I'm not sure which one to finish out on. But okay, um, what's the worst piece of comedy advice that you've ever heard someone give out, or you've received yourself?
1: Do you know, what it is. It's when people say, like, just gig as much as you can, gig, 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 gig as much as you can. It's like, and then you, you go to the gigs that those people are doing, and they're all like awful gigs with no people there so yeah, like, yeah gig as much as you can but don't uh don't sink to certain levels and just like, like do yeah. a gig where there's like the football matches on next to you no one actually wants you to be there because they're trying to watch the tv
0: yeah and uh you, you try and gig on the tuesday night but it's a brew dog now it's quite yeah awkward. That, yeah 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 yeah, yeah. do keep quite...
1: turning up to the brew dog expecting <laughs> to a gig there because it's not it shut down years ago
0: yeah <laughs>
1: That's the advice i've got
0: yeah absolutely <laughs> Well, thank you so much for joining us, Jamie. Where can people find you now. online and where can they uh, where would you like to plug anything in particular?
1: No, nah, not really. You can follow me on Instagram. <laughs> I'm uh, uh
0: so, got go now on if
1: curious. you want. I'll post the like music video, Jamie D'Souza with two A's on the mm-hmm. end. And on Twitter, I'm Jamie underscore D'Souza. But yeah, just thanks for having me on. Appreciate that.
0: It's an absolute pleasure as well. And uh hopefully um, yeah, please check out Jamie's stuff. He's really, really great. And uh, are you looking to do a Fringe show next year as well? What's
1: Yeah, yeah. I was meant to be doing my debut show this year, so hopefully I'll just get pushed back to next year. because means I've got another year to write it, which is quite...
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, well, uh, there's there's definitely going to be a precedence here because there's going to be definitely... like People are going to assume, well, I've had it, two years to write it, so I assume <laughs> it's going to be the best show ever. It's like, oh, no, we haven't done anything. Yeah, so. that's true, actually. But hopefully yeah. that's... it. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for my wonderful guest, Mr. Jamie D'Souza. Very much, thank you. And without further ado, let's just get straight into it, and uh, and let's bring on our second wonderful guest. Um, and let's please welcome Izzy Lawrence. Hello.
2: Hello. I've been listening. I've been eavesdropping on <sighs> you, just talking. How can he not pick Van Helsing? How can <laughs> you just completely what? And name not... some sort of random footballer? I mean, honestly, <laughs> random, bizarre.
0: Well, anyway, hello. Hello, uh, hello, Izzy. Well, you know what? That's a strong opener, and I liked it because, to be honest, uh, as a as a podcast host, I was very non-judgmental. And uh, but it's always it's definitely Van Helsing, right?
2: Right. Yeah, it is. It's obviously Van Helsing, and it's Peter Cushing as Van Helsing because he's the best Van Helsing. So that that is but, that is the truth.
0: <laughs> that's brilliant. Well, uh, and now I don't need to ask you that question now. But yeah, that's brilliant.
2: Exactly. I, I mean, we know the answer. I mean, there is no other answer. I mean, it's right or wrong. Isn't it? There's no, I mean, maybe van's the shoe, but even then, no.
0: <laughs> well, already what an electric start. How are you today, Izzy?
2: I'm good. I've been spending most of my day um, in interviews today. Cause this is the thing, so normally, you see, we'd be out and about, and I'd be able to like, i go to like a proper studio or maybe I'll be on site being interviewed about different things. No, today I was in this room. So I spent my entire day in this room. Although this is a much nicer interview because my previous interview was about serial killers. So this is brilliant. This well. is no serial killers, <laughs> everybody's saying a lie, and it's, yep. it's rather a peculiar thing, because when you're interviewed, right, the, you've got the producer there, so you're looking yeah. into the camera being all sophisticated and like, I know what I'm talking <laughs> about, but you've got the producer doing your job and um, waiting to get to the next question, and after every question they want to encourage you, so I was just like, a, and then the children died, and the producer's like, nice! Uh, yeah. It was odd. Uh, well, it was an odd reaction to the, you know, the death of children is a nice. Yeah, because it's a uh,
0: uh, uh, the story's sad, but it's good content. Uh, so um, I'm going to have to delete a lot of uh, a lot of my uh, questions now because they were a lot of um, serial killer related. So uh, yeah, we're going to have to oh, move I'm sorry on.
1: Sorry about that. You're going to uh, have to uh, think uh, of your feet.
0: Yeah, I'm very sorry. Uh, also, I I learned before the show that you were chatting to the Smithsonian today. Was that correct? That is that is about the serial
2: yeah, So like, that's, that's like, what I'm. That's what I was doing.
0: Well, as a podcast host, I was like, uh, "Oh, I've got some very big shoes to fill." You know what I mean? Like, uh, so, but you know, I'm, I'm better than the Smithsonian. Darling,
2: darling. You know, my other podcasts. I mean, I'm a I'm a podcast. I've been podcasting, dude. Since yeah. 2008. That's when I started. That's old school podcasting. Ago. Yeah, that's old school podcast. We barely had. We had to crank up the pod, <laughs> so feeds. You know, iTunes, and it was all <laughs> old. Oh, terrible. But yeah, so I've been, I've been, so I do a pol- I do loads of podcasts. I started one up because of lockdown. Um, mm-hmm. so I've got another one to go on top of all the others. But I, you know, I'm, I, I, I'm, I do the British Museum member cast. Yes. Member cast. Well, and yeah sorry sorry no i was just saying the, the thing is though because you expect the british museum to be what well, the british museum is exactly what you think it is it is a lot of men with massive beards and women with far too many pens right that is what they are yeah and they're very nerdy and mm-hmm. they've already got a british museum podcast and they wanted to do one about members lectures that i could present and put together and the rest of it and so they they sat in on meetings just mm-hmm. going, what should we call this podcast yeah. member cast because it's for the membership and it's a member cast only after they've done the artwork did I point out it does sound a bit like a plaster cast penis so <laughs> it was just, it's a member because automatically that's where my mind goes and like, yeah yes it is absolutely
0: uh,
2: it's called that now they can't change it oh so I,
0: I think if anything that that it makes it stronger as well like uh exactly and, uh, yeah exactly. it's definitely um, but well, well, since we're already talking about um, your po- many wonderful podcasts, uh, I, let's let's dive into your most recent one, your uh, lockdown podcast. It's all terrible, isn't it? Yeah. So. Um, well, see, that's. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, so let's let's talk a little about that. And why did you want to? Did you? had this idea before lockdown or was it kind of like you wanted something to do in lockdown? What was the, uh, what was the spurs that made it uh, happen? It was a
2: very good Christmas party is the answer to that. Cause <laughs> this is how good a Christmas party it was. It was a Christmas party, which was, it was my, cause I present Making History on Radio 4.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And my co-presenter, Tom Holland, who is this immense historian. If you haven't read his books, oh my God, blow your mind. Rubicon, start with Rubicon, move on. It's fantastic. Right, but he's he's this sort of chap who he loves um, several things, cricket being one, history mm. being another, paleontology being another, and his wife is just as eclectic. So she likes she's like used to be a TV producer. She, she knows all of these um, producers and media types, but now she's a midwife.
0: Mm. So you have
2: to imagine a Christmas party, and they've got teenage daughters. So it's full of teenage girls, full of cricketers full of historians. I can see Mary Beard wandering around, you know, that Oh my of God. Yeah. Full, full of paleontologists and full of midwives. And it's a really odd <laughs> yeah. mix of people. That's... And of course his teenage daughters are mixing the drinks. And I yeah. think most teenage girls think, oh, it's a gin and tonic. <laughs> so it's half gin, half tonic. That's right. <laughs> so i'm getting absolutely Uh, bladdered. it is christmas we're allowed and i sit down next to this guy and he's called dave and he's a paleontologist and we're chatting like this and after about five minutes and i'm very like he goes did you used to go to bristol university and i was like yeah and he went yeah we used to live together i was like (gasps) you're that <laughs> <laughs> so it had been like nearly 15 years since i last saw him oh and he's all God. grown up and he's an expert paleontologist but this was of course before lockdown and he was sort of like chatting about my podcast and that sort of thing so he's like oh i always wanted to do a podcast and then suddenly in February the world ended
0: yes and what
2: better podcast to do when the world ends than dinosaurs so we started doing a podcast called terrible lizards and because everybody you know was on lockdown you found this as well Mm -hmm. it's really easy to get hold of amazing guests so we've done our first series of like we got chris Packham for our first episode yes
0: absolutely yeah 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 how cool is that
2: i I was just like oh my god oh my god because you know I, I grew up you know watching him and just being
0: like oh the really world show you know <laughs> like well that's that's really interesting because like uh, I've I've done quite a lot of um, interviews in the last like uh, like oh, in the last couple of months and like some people I've been like I've interviewed who like like really like the like heroes of mine I'm just like and h- how did you deal with that like, kind of like uh like inner fandom like, oh my god because I crumpled so fast but I, I have to have like a professional exterior where I'm like mm-hmm, I'm, I'm, I'm listening to your questions I'm not just fangirling right now. I'm just
2: doing that right now. <laughs> so I'm oh, keeping thank it together. you. Thank you very I'm much. keeping it together somehow. I mean, they're just—it's just people, and as long as you yeah. just go, it's a bit like stand-up because you're going to sound like an idiot. So you may just accept it.
1: You
2: mm-hmm. just accept the fact that you're an idiot, and that's mm-hmm. that's my stand-up tip.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that Except that, that, that is, But that, uh, that's—it's that's a good tip, to a uh, good piece of advice there. But, uh, but yeah. But in terms of like, uh, yeah, in terms of uh, of the podcast, in terms of uh, talking about dinosaurs as well, um, where where do you start with it as well? Because it's obviously a massive subject. Like, uh, how did yeah. you kind of um, how did you try to break it down episode per episode?
2: Cynically, my friend. Cynically. <laughs> <And> we thought, <laughs> well, genuinely, like people love T Rex. So you got to start with T Rex, and then yeah. we thought, let's do a few like dinosaurs to get people into it because people might be you know thinking oh you know brontosaurus that'd be quite a good one but then we wanted to do some bigger topics we looked at feathers because everybody's heard that dinosaurs had these feathers and so we thought we'd you know introduce that subject to give a sort of round overall view of that subject and part of the way we decided episodes was we interviewed our guests first and they asked questions so of course richard herring being the writer of talking cock wants to know if dinosaurs had cocks. Yeah. Um, you know, this is for kids too, guys. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> PG. Um, but yeah, so we, he wanted to know that. And of course, that meant we had to do an entire episode about reproduction. And really, that turned into a conversation about dinosaur eggs and the limitations yeah. of the size and where you find them and why you find them and all the rest of it. So it was we, it, kind of, it was very organic in it's in its sort of, you know, the way that we stumbled across the subject, but also very cynical. T-Rex, first episode,
0: boom. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, dragging. no, but yeah <laughs> kind of like uh yeah, yeah um well yeah i think it's um it's it's really and that's really I, I love when a podcast is more organic and it's not like like a script if you know what i mean i think it's uh, uh that's definitely the format which um the podcasts uh do like kind of thrive as well um but in terms of like where was your kind of original kind of love for dinosaurs as well have you always been fascinated by them as well
2: course. I mean, I I mean, you can see, I see the Lego dinosaurs up there? That is before yes. I started the podcast. <laughs> so I I'm I'm am I'm a huge dinosaur fan just because you know when you go and you see when Dippy was in the you know when you saw the original you know Dippy in the Natural History Museum, although it was a plaster cast mm-hmm. anyway, but you know seeing that when you're a kid and going and finding out about dinosaurs and I really enjoyed um the walking with dinosaurs um, mm-hmm. series as well when that was on all those years ago but yeah i don't think i don't think it's one of those things that people expect you to grow out of and you're like why and then yeah. other people grow up and like get proper jobs and you know and have lives and children. Yeah. things. <laughs> what's that suddenly you realize <laughs> you're a you know a woman in her 30s who's still making dinosaur lego but, but you know it's
0: <laughs> it is what like, it is yeah absolutely and like um uh, in all fairness, I haven't listened to uh, uh, loads of podcasts, but there's obviously mentions that you've said that it's not just for kids and people, there's an assumption that it is for kids as well, but it's, it's broader than that. Yeah, and
2: but why is that? Why is yeah, it just yeah, for exactly. kids? Why do people assume? It's an entire science. And also, the amount of new stuff that's coming out of Mongolia and China is absolutely incredible because, you know, they're they've basically, there's these volcanic, like, flats, and it's just jam-packed full of the most amazingly preserved Um, dinosaur fossils you can imagine mainly because the powder you know the you know when you get like pyroclastic flow and everything the ash the fine ash Mm. that you get in pompeii you know that fine yeah well that's basically everything's been gassed by this volcano it dies and almost immediately all this ash settles on it and so you've got layers of dead dinosaurs a bit like a book that you can just staple like like get a chisel just put them down open it up and inside the layers you get both sides of the dinosaur but it's so it's like it's like ultimate pixels it's like a really like hd like yeah. fossils and so you can see not only like you can see they've got feathers but you can tell what color they are by the shapes of the cells
0: mm-hmm. that
2: they're you know it's amazing so yeah it's just moved on so much from the past um you know in the last 10 years it's incredible and it never gets on tv because it's just like oh, that's a kid's thing because we're used to blooming barney yeah
0: you know? yeah, yeah.
2: I love you. No, you're a T-Rex. <laughs> you don't love anything. You're a, you're a mouth on feet. Yeah.
0: That's
2: all you are. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so wow. Ridiculous. There's some
0: absolute ridiculous. slander going on here. Oh, we'll talking about um, kind of uh, dinosaurs you don't like that much. Can we get? Let's get to the real chat here. Like We want to cut to brass tacks here. Which is your least, least favourite dinosaur?
1: Mm.
2: Mm. That's hard. I think pot. No, I'm not going to... Okay, I'm not... I'm not going to say I dislike it, and I think people are going to hate me slightly, but Triceratops? I mean, they're fine. They're fine. (laughs) They're just stupid. They're just really, like, they've just got this, like, (laughs) because this is the beautiful thing about Triceratops. It's got this massive shield and these, like, prongs and, you know, the horns and everything else. But they've done studies as to why they have these and everybody thinks, oh, it's because to defend themselves against the T-Rex because they lived at the same time in the same parts of the world. And, and no, not really. There, there are a few fossils where, you know, you get T-Rex scars along the, you know, along the um, Triceratops horns. And there's a few examples of it, but that's not why they had them. And they know why they had them because a researcher, this is a beautiful PhD, if you can imagine it, got a toy... Um, um triceratops and got another toy triceratops and lined them up a bit and then went like that and worked out that the actual the reason the shield is like that and the horns are like that is because they're fighting each other. So oh. they're really aggressive, angry animals with each other. And then you know, because it doesn't make any sense because if you're going to protect the back of the neck, you don't want the shield coming up here, you want it yeah. protecting going back flat there. And so They're really just fighty, you know, evil, (laughs) kind of like, just angry sort of, a bit like a really, really annoyed badger. That's (laughs) what they're like, with spikes. And their skulls are ridiculous, because that that big bit of bone is one plate. That's a huge thing. They're like over six foot. If I stood next to a skull of one, I mean, its eyes would be down here. But, you know, the whole thing is so heavy and stupid, and all because it just wants to smash into another one of itself. I mean, really... Really, we can do better.
0: You know what? Like, uh, that was a gamble of a question on my end, but uh, oh, what an answer! Thank you so much, that's great. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's fine. But the thing is, old, tri- old ceratopsians, the ones you know, millions of years before triceratops, are gorgeous. They're, they're sweet, they're cool, they're on two legs, not four. They've got little chubby cheeks with little spikes here, and they're all yeah. that little and like ah, and then they turn into these massive, angry things. Yeah. I bet they didn't even taste good. <laughs>
0: Well, you know, uh um well like uh well that was a lot of dinosaur chat and I am all for that's it. All right. No, I I love it. Um but that's uh, obviously you, you've got such an amazing career and not only in terms of uh, the amount of wonderful podcasts you do and uh your kind of um like amazing historical knowledge, but you're also recently an author as well. You've, oh
2: oh. I, I you can see my book in the background there. I don't know where it all got there. It's tiny. It's called yeah. the unstoppable letty peg. I should hang on no it's all right I'll, I'll pick it up you can just go to iszi.com <laughs> um but yeah no i am an author i am proper i'm like a real person i've written yeah. a book
0: and uh it's, it's for kids
2: it's, but sharp it counts uh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> no no and uh it's it's uh can you um for people who are uh uh watching right now could you give like a, a small uh a blur okay. about it as well
2: okay guys You know know what kids love? History, right? (laughs) So, okay, and even better, Edwardian history, but it's good. Okay, so it's about a little girl called Lettuce Peg, right? Her mum is a suffragette, uh her dad a policeman. And at the time, suffragettes and policemen kind of like fighty, fighty badness, right? She's stuck in the middle of this sort of like situation and she falls in with this band of suffragettes who learned jujitsu and practiced jujitsu which they genuinely did Edith Garrard taught the suffragettes bodyguard jujitsu so they could defend themselves against the police she also like learns jiu-jitsu and many adventures um a- occur within that and uh yes yeah because the whole I mean, thing is can she reunite her family through the power of throwing people heavily to the floor <laughs> yeah it's called the unstoppable letty peg unstoppable letty i wanted this is this is this is a bit of you know i wanted because jiu-jitsu is about throwing people on the floor and using <laughs> their weight against them and everything else and that's how you deal with people you just hit them with a planet rather than your fists yeah i wanted to call it chuck the police, yeah, but, um, <laughs> uh, wouldn't let me. Yeah,
0: oh, that's that's brilliant <laughs> as well. Like, yeah, uh, it, it's uh, been it's
2: been a, it's been a fun one uh, because I do jujitsu as well. You see, so that's how I well, found out about it.
0: Because I was really interested about your approach towards it as well. Because and obviously the way you just talked about it's very eloquent and in terms of and I um. It, I've read that it's very historically accurate in terms of you've done loads of research into it and it's all like, uh, it's all like historically uh, accurate. And but in terms of did, where did the idea of the novel come from as well? Is it because you love jujitsu? Was it your love of history? Or was it just a, a nice coalescence?
2: Well, what happened was cuz initially right what how I got into jiu-jitsu is cuz I do my po- my other podcast I mentioned <laughs> I uh, it's called the z list dead list it's about obscure people from history and on that before I started jiu-jitsu I had Naomi Paxton amazing comedian Naomi Paxton mm-hmm. she told me about Edith Garrard who taught the suffragettes jiu-jitsu so she introduced her as the z- deadless person of choice because she knows all about the actresses franchise league which, which worked with the suffragettes in the early that's her, what her phd is she's genuinely very clever very friendly lady anyway so she told me about Edith Garrison. i was like well, that sounds like a really good thing and I need to do some exercise and do some sport because I'm getting a bit sort of old and I need to do something I might try jiu-jitsu and I just googled jiu-jitsu Reading Uni do jiu-jitsu there's also a jiu-jitsu club down in Tadley there's also one in Oxford and I thought like, and it's dirt cheap you know mm-hmm. so I was like oh, I'll give it a go and I did give it a go and then I absolutely loved it and it was really good fun. Nothing is better than having your friend run at you with a massive metal chain aiming at your head. And then yeah. you plough yeah. him into the um, mats beneath you and smack him in the eyes. That yeah. is a good game. So pool, <laughs> I thought, yeah. if only we could get the children involved more, is yeah. what I thought, uh, in the violence. But yeah, so... Um, so what happened was when I got the job on Radio 4 um, as their presenter for Making History, I thought, well, this is a great bit of history that not many people know about. I've got the perfect interviewee, Naomi, and I've got the perfect setting, my jiu-jitsu club. So I interviewed Naomi and stabbed her a mm-hmm. few times with a knife and she disarms my friends, that sort of thing. We haven't you know, talked through the history, that sort of thing. Now, this little thing gets made pick of the week. Which is a which is a thing on radio, like BBC Radio, they have a pick of the week thing and then you feel very smug and your, your producers get very happy and go, Oh yes, it's very really good.
0: You know. Yeah. So
2: this was good. So I tweeted about this and then a few yeah. other people were retweeting. And then an editor at Bloomsbury, like an idiot, just goes, Oh, this would make a great kid's book. Yeah. And when she twice, I just went, "Yes, it would. Yes, it would. It really would." Can we have a meeting? <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Oh my god. I bullied god.
2: her until she let me write it. and That's <laughs> how it happened.
0: How inspirational! How, how did you get that deal? I I I, I bullied for it, to be honest. But no.
2: Well, as you know, what stand-up teaches us, what stand-up yeah. teaches us is any opportunity you go for, because you're just so used to getting constant rejection. Yes, you absolutely. you kind of immune.
0: Yeah. To yeah.
2: <laughs> it's just this thing of going, "No, thank you." No, audiences going. So yeah. this is, you know, it kind of builds you up to just going, well, I'm going to try everything and just keep going at it. And Absolutely. you end up doing what you want because you take a risk with it.
0: Uh, well, obviously, um, if people didn't know you, like, uh, uh, obviously you were a comedian first as well. And... Uh, oh, no. And, uh, 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 no. Oh, no, indeed. Uh, but uh, but also, like, um, obviously writing a novel is very d- different to uh, writing comedy as well uh, for very, uh, many, many reasons. But how, how was writing that, First novels, or was it hard? Did you find it difficult to sit down and write it every day, or uh, did you find it easier than comedy? Uh, How was your approach to it?
2: I think I think writing historical fiction is probably easier than fiction in a sense Mm -hmm. because there are events you can base it around, so you don't start with a blank page. You've got things that you have to fit into it, so which is a bit like stand up in. You have to be funny at certain points, otherwise it's just more. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, I mean? It's that thing of just going, how do I get round to this? It does feel like, you know, that thing where you've got to, I've got to get this joke in here, otherwise I can't do the callback later. It's that yeah. sort of like, got to get her here. And in order to get her here, I need to say this and get, and it is, it's about the editing. It's about getting it to the point um mm-hmm. you know it's about not waffling on about something that nobody cares about it's about getting to the bit that's funny i'm getting to the bit in this case that's exciting and that's mm-hmm. that drives the plot on and it's exactly the same it's exactly the same logic as stand-up but it is very exciting i'm not one who writes down my sentences with stand-up comedy yeah or even yeah. plays i'm more of an octopus really yeah i just you know i just tickle just tickle people until they laugh. This is what this is. Anyway, I don't tend to... I'm a, I'm a one-word comic, so I get an idea and I write it down and then that's that idea and then I slot them around. Um, mm-hmm. And I try and whittle and I try and get rid of all of the fluff around. and But that's exactly what it's like writing a book. You just go, do I need this description of the weather? Because who cares? Mm-hmm. Or do I just chuck that away and go, yeah, it's wet. And then yeah, everyone knows yeah. it's wet, you know. So it's... <laughs> It, it's similar. It's similar, but different. There's a logic to it.
0: Yeah. I uh,
2: similar uh,
0: to comedy. I've, um, not to talk about myself too much, but I've uh, currently just read, um, in lockdown, I have finished my first draft of a uh, novel, and I don't like talking about it too much, especially publicly, but, you know, thank God this isn't being broadcast live. But, um, but I... Uh, <laughs> But like, I, uh, yeah, I, it, there is, um, I'm doing the second draft at the moment. And in the first draft, there's obviously, like, as you say, there's, l- there's sometimes a lot of eloquent sentences like, oh, yes, it was, a, it was the 3rd of November. And I'm just like, it is cloudy. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I just, uh, I've, I've managed it. I've learned from comedy to, I've learned to get on the page, but then just refining and editing mm. is a very important skill as well.
2: It is. Um, and what's so nice about it is it's not, see, the trouble with comedy is you've said it and it's already out. <laughs> it's done you've said it you can't retract back and just go no this lost five minutes guys when i haven't been funny at all can we just erase that and go back can we just let, let, like delete delete you know let me can't start again that.
0: okay i'll start from i'll go off stage come back on stage we'll start off right. exactly
2: right. Yeah. it's a bit like if if you were a hairdresser you're actually allowed to glue the hair back on when you've messed up
0: <laughs> yeah just kind of reattach it like surgery
2: exactly so it's there's a lot less pressure and as long as because i basically i just want to i just want to get it down on paper like you have with your first draft and then Mm -hmm. um and then edit it and just let it die if it needs to die and just get rid of it i mean the danger of that is though if you overwrite your first draft and you Mm -hmm. put bad ideas in it it's very difficult to see the good ideas from bad ideas afterwards and actually being a bit more careful with what you include in your first draft by planning properly is often, it, I think it can be good because it does make you feel more confident in yourself. But Absolutely. I I don't, I've written one book done. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah. There, there, there.
0: Well, we'd we'll, uh, well, we'll, um, like to plug it one more time for the, for the audience. Yes.
2: The Unstoppable Letty Peg by Izzy Lawrence. Um, I said I So there we go. Brilliant stuff. Uh,
0: yeah. So I've got a couple of uh, quick-fire questions just to wrap it up. We've yeah. got about five more minutes, and uh, uh, it's already been incredibly interesting. I've learned a lot about dinosaurs already, but, uh, um, but let's let's go into some more kind of generic silly uh, um, questions as well. Um, but okay. before we do that, um, what's your favourite thing about reading? Favourite thing
2: about Reading, I'm going to say Amelia Dyer. We have the biggest serial <laughs> killer in history who lived um, just down opposite the big Tesco's on the Oxford Road. Boom. So this is, uh, there you this go. not
0: the Smithsonian podcast. We're not going to talk about child Okay,
2: okay. <laughs> Google Amelia <laughs> Dyer. It will freak you out.
0: She killed over
2: 400 children.
0: Like, gen- we, we did a tech run at 7 o'clock before half an yeah. hour before the stream. And uh, um, I've never met Izzy uh, in the real... Uh, before uh, and we had our first conversation it was entirely about Amelia Dyer and it's it, yeah. probably what you don't get to know someone as fast as when you talk about a serial killer killing a baby so uh good yeah. to know um uh, but yes uh thank you for that that's so, a that's a very good
2: there you sp- go you. that's I've why le- I'm I've, I've, I've learned so much
0: <laughs> 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 that's great okay um how, okay, uh, let's, let's, let's do the uh, Corona special question. If you had to live in lockdown with three other comedians, uh, which three would you pick?
2: I mean, really, would you want to? No,
0: is... no, it is. Uh, to be honest, I created this question at the start of lockdown because it's an adaptation of one of my other questions. Uh, and uh, yeah, I just think the longer it's gone on, it's like, no. The trouble
2: with comedians is we're not very good at, you know, people. <laughs> yeah. Um, We're really not. So really want to get the most awkward comedians who aren't going to talk to each other and just keep ourselves to (laughs) ourselves at opposite ends so that we can be all like alone and not like. uh, um, So now I have to name the awkward comedian. Well, Hannah Gadsby is an obvious one because she's very quiet. And um, I don't know. I don't know. I think John Richardson would keep himself to himself. Yeah. Um, Pretty good at that. I have to say Maria Bamford because I love
0: her. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Um, I've met her a couple of times, a couple of times, a couple of times. A couple of times. I've met. <laughs> I have. I have. did the Edinburgh Fringe. I, yeah. I got her. I went to see her every time I could. Um, and who else? So I've got. Is that that's three, isn't it? Yes. Or yeah, do we need yeah. four? No, that, that's, do do?
0: that's three. Three. Three amazing ones. Three. Right
2: exactly. Mainly because Hannah and John would just I wouldn't see them. It'd be fine. Yeah. <laughs> and also, I think they're neat. That's
0: good. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> because I'm
2: messy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I think uh, John Richardson. John Richardson would be totally on your case there. But like, uh, yeah. okay. So similar to the band question, which is your favourite Armitage? Simon, Richard, or Armitage Shanks?
2: Well, obviously Armitage Shanks because I use it every day.
0: Yes, and there I we can't get. go.
2: Not going into details. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, that's lovely stuff. Uh, um, well, uh, okay. What uh, if you had to pick? Uh, um, what's your favourite walking music? Because with uh, some stand-ups, they kind of pick uh, music to walk on stage to. Uh, what's like your favourite or track of choice? Do
2: you know what um, Alex Petty at The Laughing Horse used to do? He used to put on um, Hall of the Mountain King. You know that? Do, 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 Pier Gint. Do, 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 oh, do, yeah, 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 yeah. Do, 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 do. And to be honest, do, do. I, I really liked that. I thought it was a really nice sort of like... It really built the tension. It really got the audience going. Um, So I'd I'd say I'll go with Alex Petty from the early noughties, (laughs) where he used to put that on in his Laughing Horse Comedy Clubs. That was really fun.
0: So not just the... Yeah, so not not just the track itself. It's Alex Petty playing it for that comedy club. Yeah,
2: well, possibly Alex, yes. yes. I mean, that, <laughs> that, that I don't want I don't want to pretend that I came up with it. That's one.
0: <laughs> that's that's <laughs> where absolutely. it
2: comes from. But it was it was a really good, really exciting way to. I mean, the trouble is when I started going to see comedy, I was a teenager, yeah. and because they never checked your ID. Yeah. So. My early ideas of comedy nights—the most exciting thing ever—because it was people talking, and it was the adults, and it was grown up, and I had gin. Yeah, so, you
0: know, <laughs> half gin, half tonic. There we go. Ex- well,
2: yeah, yeah.
0: yeah.
2: <laughs> that's just Christmas. Uh,
0: and uh, uh, yeah, I think that. Well, that's. I think that's a nice place to to finish off, right there. Yeah,
2: but, gin uh, is always a good place to end on. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: absolutely. Well, uh, before we go. Uh, we'd leave uh would you like to plug anything in terms of uh where can people find you okay. online and have you got a book out as well i i do have a book out it's called the unstoppable letty peg um,
2: yeah. <laughs> but yes if you go to basically terrible lizards podcast british museum member cast the z list Z list seti sopo they're all my podcasts if you go to iszi.com you can find out all about me and about the book there please buy my book it'd be absolutely awesome if you did it's very good
0: thank you uh, yeah absolutely and uh thank you so much for coming on Izzy. it's been an absolute pleasure to chat to you and i would uh That'd be fun, isn't it? yeah hopefully we uh, hope we can get to do it again in the future and chat about more well, hopefully
2: the reading festival have had more lottery funding and we can do it again properly in an auditorium mass we could do it in the hexagon next year that's amazing.
0: you know what that does sound brilliant and uh to follow on from that uh, thank you so much for for listening and watching to this uh reading fringe uh, mm-hmm. festival special it's a pleasure to have you here with us and uh, yeah, and uh, also, if you are watching this and wanted to see more, there's plenty of other great uh, events for the Red and Fringe Festival. Uh, and I believe Izzy's actually doing something on Sunday at uh, Half One for Richard Palsford. Uh And I think you should uh, definitely check out as many events as possible. So uh, get on that as much as possible. And also... Uh, I uh, believe, the, uh, as as you, as you mentioned, there's a uh, lottery funding. So uh, thank you to that for allowing this emergency funding for this uh, festival as well. But um, yeah, uh, thank you to the Resident Fringe Festival, and uh, thank you for uh, coming to watch. And uh, another massive thank you to my guest Jamie De Souza. And truth, uh, I was hoping he would come on and kind of clap himself there, but uh, it's okay. Uh, uh, there he is. <laughs> there he is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jamie, do you want to unmute un- un- yourself? Uh, yeah, you can pat yourself oh, yeah,
1: on the back. Thanks yeah. for having there. me. Back.
0: Thank you, uh, thank you both for coming on, and uh, and thank you to Jamie, and thank you to Izzy Lawrence as well. Uh, I've been Matt Hoss, and this has been Matt Hoss Talks to people. Tonight, you can find follow me at Matt Hoss Comedy, and also check out my other podcast called Castable. See you next time, everyone. Have a lovely night. Bye. we out now, but I'll just, I'll just, kind of, okay. I'll just dance. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. There we go. <laughs>